Welcome in episode 96 of the Sports Gospel Show, Sports Gospel, sportsgospel.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. The big the big time is here. March Madness is upon us. Darren and Andrew with you on this week's show to get you prepped for your bracket, give you those last minute tips as you fill out your office pool, your family pool, your bragging rights pool, whatever it may be. We are going to go hard in the paint on this one, giving you all of our insight into the March Madness brackets and doing this on Tuesday of March Madness week. And as uh, Andrew's watching, there is some manner of basketball game already happening. Yeah, we've got our first four happening already with a couple 16 seats going at it. Corpus Christi, Southeast Missouri State. And if you're a degenerate like me, you you care about this kind of thing. (laughs) You and all the people in Corpus Christi. I think there's a few people outside of Corpus Christi that are like me, 100% like me, that uh, might be degenerates as well. So we are we are from a state that borders Missouri, and I could not have told you that Southwest Missouri State was a real college. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it is. So that's your fun fact for today. If you didn't know that Southeast Missouri State existed, now you do. Nice little... Uh... Ohio Valley Cinderella run they had there to make it to the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so good for them. Well, we have both been doing plenty of research. Uh, Andrew, especially giving you a lot of good insight throughout the year. And then I did a lot of research. I don't know if it's going to yield me any results, but looking at some of the history trajectory performance of the coaches and players that we have in the tournament, we're going to give you our best educated guesses, give you some insight on some of the teams that are out there that you may not know that much about or have heard that much about. So taking this region by region in the men's bracket, and then we're going to jump over and do a little bit on the women's side. We're going to start here in the South Regional. The top overall seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide, will face the winner of the aforementioned Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Southeast Missouri State game. Not sure a whole lot we need to talk about there other than we expect Alabama to probably roll convincingly. Yeah, I I don't really see any 16 seeds. I mean, just as a general rule, advance your one seeds. Um, if, if one loses, you take it on the chin along with everybody else in the world, but yeah, Alabama, I don't really think there's too much to talk about here. Um, and the next one, the, the eight, nine matchup. And again, we're not going to go super deep on every single matchup, uh, kind of look, we'll pick up the pace a little bit, but Maryland and West Virginia here in this one, Huggy Bear, the hall of fame coach for West Virginia taking on the Terrapins. So Basically, just figuring out who's going to face Alabama in the next round. And your your 8-9 matchups are a lot closer. So in your... I looked up in the last 11 years since we expanded to 68 teams. Basically, you've had 44 chances for each seed to win. The 9 seed has only beat the 8 15 times, which kind of surprised me. You get down something like your 11 seed. We'll talk more about that. Those get a lot closer. But your 8s, more often than not, do beat the 9 seeds. But this these games are essentially coin flips. Yeah, they are coin flips. And... Actually, in in this case, I believe that West Virginia is favored in Vegas. So the the seeds would suggest that Maryland is the favorite, but Vegas tells us that uh, West Virginia is a slight favorite. And I'm going to go with the slight favorite just because Maryland has been bad away from home. They're very good at home, but they've been bad away from home. Um, So give me West Virginia also. Um, They have – 
the Ken Palm advantage. That's something to look at too when you're when you're looking at these teams and breaking them down in these eight nines when you can't decide. Maybe look at Ken Palm um, and look at some of the metrics, and I think that would lead you West Virginia's way. So I'm gonna go ahead and take West Virginia to to roll in this one. And looking at your next quadrant, these four teams making the trip to Orlando, year 5-12, San Diego State versus the College of Charleston, and your four-seed Virginia taking on Furman, the Paladins. If you've listened to the last couple of episodes, I believe Andrew is a big-time Paladin fan. This one's really, really interesting for me. You know what Virginia's going to do? They're going to slow the ball down. They're going to grind you into dust. They're going to you know, try to limit you to 40 points per game. Furman, team, again, that I think you're a little bit more familiar with than I am, and uh, San Diego State, believe the Mountain West regular season champion. And then College of Charleston is a team who kind of the regular season, one of the small school darlings, College of Charleston. And I'm actually going Charleston and Virginia on this one. Yeah, so um, I really I really do like Charleston as a team, but I, I really think this is a bad matchup. Um, we have really good 12 seeds in the field this year, as we'll get to. But I, I really feel like a couple of them got bad matchups with the five seed. Um, so we always see a 12 beat a five, at least one. But I, I'm not going to pick it here in this spot. I'm not as high on Charleston as I am San Diego State. So give me San Diego State. And then also Furman, yes, I do like them. But they play at a similar pace as Virginia. And Virginia does it better than what Furman does. So give me the Cavaliers, although I do think these will be two close games. I'm not going to take the upsets here. Yeah. Like you mentioned, we typically do get a 12 seed. So each of the last three tournaments, we've had at least one 12 seed win in the last, again, in the last 11 years is what I'm looking at. So in the last 44 opportunities, a 12 has beat a five 16 times. And there are some very juicy 12-5 matchups. Any one of these regions... These five twelve games, I think, are some of the best we're going to have in the first round. They're it's very dicey, which is why I like Charleston in this one. I just I don't know that I feel that special in San Diego State. They kind of feel like a team who always gets ranked decently high, and I know there's different coaches involved now. It feels like San Diego State kind of always gets a nice seed and then doesn't make it very far. But I'm who's ever in Orlando. These two fantastic games. Yeah, and I'm uh, another. I really think San Diego State is underseeded in this spot. I really feel like they should be more of a four, maybe even a three. Uh, so I get the hesitancy of San Diego State, but this is not the year for it. And uh, I'm going to, I know Charleston's going to be a really popular pick, public underdog here, but I, I'm not taking it. So give me, uh, give me San Diego State. Um, quick side note on that. Do you feel like it's a, maybe kind of poorly constructed bracket. I don't know that I nerd out on this too often. I just, I'm just happy to have a bracket, but especially we'll talk about it. when We get to the West. I feel like they loaded up that Western regional and some of these other ones. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. It feels like the seedings and the way they put the brackets together, unless I'm completely way off and underappreciating some of these teams, feels like a very lopsided bracket with some really questionable seedings. Yeah, not well balanced because, yeah, as you mentioned, the West, there's a lot of teams in the West region that I feel like are title contenders. We've got three, maybe four even title contenders in the West, and they're all stuck in the same region. Yeah, that's going to be, if you get out of that West region, you're going to be battle tested at the very least. 100%. Moving on down to continuing in the South and the Denver Quadrant. 
six seed Creighton versus number 11 NC State and number three Baylor versus UCSB, the Gauchos. Taking Baylor in that one for me, pretty straight up answer. But then that 6-11, your 6-11 and 11 matchups, these are where things get really out of hand. Going back to my last 44 times, 11s have beat the fives 24 to 20 in the last 44 matchups in the bracket, if my research is correct. Greg McDermott, not a great tournament coach uh, in his time here at a couple different programs. Really good at getting to the tournament. Uh, he has made 11 NCAA tournaments. He has made one Sweet 16. I know we're only going to the first round here, but I really just have a tough time trusting Creighton. Not that I think NC State is all that fantastic. I just, I... Dracravion Smith is great, and they've got the volume shooters. Just more of a lack of trust in Creighton than it is liking NC State, but I'm going to NC State Baylor. Yeah, I get the lack of trust in Creighton based on their history in the McDermott era. But if you've watched Creighton this year, especially when Kalkbrenner is healthy and good to go, they are a, a different team and a preseason top 10 team. Um, a team that people thought had real true national title aspirations and they do still fit some of the metrics of a national champion. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they're way undervalued as a six seed here and NC state. Uh, that's a team that's very, very hard to trust. Could they beat Creighton? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pick it if it, and spoiler alert, I've got the blue Jays, uh, going a little bit on a little Ooh. bit of a run here. So I'm, I'm all over Creighton. Um, give me the Creighton blue Jays. I will take Baylor. Although I do think uh, the gauchos of UC Santa Barbara are going to give Baylor a game. Baylor's a little bit of a finesse team. They're a, they're a finesse jump shooting team. Uh, so if their shots aren't falling, they're very susceptible to an upset. Uh, AJ Mitchell from the Gauchos. That's a name you're going to want to keep an eye on in that game. I don't think we're going to get the upset and I'm certainly not going to pick it, uh, but give me Baylor to squeak it out over the Gauchos. Are you, are you chalk so far? I'm trying to write this down as we're talking. Are you, I am chalk so far. Okay. And then our, but our bottom quadrant my upsets here. Are coming. Well, <laughs> technically not chalk because I took West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, going down to the Sacramento part of the South region, Utah State and Missouri, and a matchup of teams. I'll admit I don't know all that much about, so I took Utah State, and then Princeton, Arizona. I know it's those really low seeds, but it feels like Princeton should probably be a line or two above number fifteen. But I think Arizona and Utah State here, just going with the Western teams for really no strong reason on why Utah State over Missouri. But. Missouri and Utah State is going to be one of the best games to watch if you like points. If you like points and hate defense, (laughs) you're going to love Missouri-Utah State because both of these teams are top 20 in offense and in their 100s in defense. So they they give up plenty of points and they score plenty of points. So that might be uh, over under around 200 kind of game. Probably not that high. I'm, I'm exaggerating it a little bit, but uh, both these teams going to the 80s or the 90s during right. their matchup, I think, is very, uh, very, very, very possible. Um, I'm high on San Diego State, but I'm not high on the Mountain West overall. Uh, and I'm going to be fading the Mountain West here in this tournament as we go through. So 
give me Missouri, and I think they will be an interesting matchup for Arizona as Arizona is going to beat Princeton. And Arizona, one of those teams that, like you mentioned, another team with a fantastic offense. They have about five different guys who can fill it up for them. So Arizona scares me if I need defense, but offensively they're a lot of offense in this bracket. Baylor fills it up. You don't, you don't want to catch Baylor in a shootout, but between Baylor, Missouri, Utah state and Arizona, you've got offense coming out of this bottom side. Yeah. 100%. That's what this, uh, region is loaded with on the on the bottom half so you took you took arizona and missouri missouri yeah so we'll we'll, if i have this correct you're going alabama versus west virginia i'm i don't love alabama but i'm taking them in this one are you sticking with the tide to make the sweet 16 yeah i'm sticking with the tide i'm sticking with the tide uh for for a ways here spoiler alert so this is where I went Charleston and Virginia. I'm taking Virginia to the Sweet 16, but you've got the Aztecs versus the Cavaliers. Yep, and I'm taking the Aztecs Ooh. over Virginia. If you like offense from Missouri and Utah State, you're going to love defense in this one because this <laughs> might be a, a first to 50 kind of game. Both these teams like to grind it out and play absolute defensive half-court games, play at a very slow pace. But I like San Diego State better in that matchup. Ben Vanderplas is out for Virginia, and that's kind of a big loss. It really decimates their bench. They don't really have any bench scoring. Uh, so I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Virginia. And pretty much in the last six or seven years or so, it's been either win the national championship if you're Virginia or lose in the first round. I am picking them to win the first round. But I I don't have any confidence in them beyond that. So give me San Diego State over the Cavaliers. You beat me to the punch on that. Tony Bennett is so weird in the tournament. He always makes it and usually has a very good seed. But they are boom or bust. Like you say, they are a prime candidate to get a high seed and get bounced early. So I'm very tentative on Virginia. I just I think it's a not too challenging path. And they are there are 363 teams in college basketball in Division One. Virginia is 360th in pace of play. Yeah. And uh, something I'll say about that is teams that play a slower pace that really limit the amount of possessions do kind of put themselves at risk of upsets because they're not scoring at a very high rate. Um, They're relying on their defense to win them games in in the slower pace of play, but it keeps the other team in it sometimes if they're able to make enough shots and to find out the other half of this sweet 16 again with not really much support for it just taking nc state volume shooters i think they can get hot and streaky baylor i think i think you're for me you'd have a fun shootout nc state and baylor baylor with adam flagler still leading the way i believe he was part of their national championship team a couple years ago Uh, so i've got nc state and then i've got arizona coming out of the bottom just for a team with a lot of weapons they can throw at you, but you've already got NC state gone. So you've got Creighton, Baylor, Mizzou, and Arizona. Yeah. And I already spoiled it, but I'm taking the blue Jays here over the Baylor bears. I really like this Creighton team. They've got good guard play. They're experienced. They play good defense. Um, I trust them a lot more than I, than I trust this Baylor team. What I've seen out of this Baylor team this year. So give me Creighton over Baylor 
And then I'm not going to take Missouri, although I do think Missouri will give Arizona a game. I think uh, the big boys of Umar Ballo and Tubelis will be a little bit too much for Kobe Brown. He's really the main big guy for Missouri. Um, but yeah, I really think uh, Arizona will be a little bit too much inside. So setting up a Creighton Arizona matchup there. And then as much as I do not care for the Crimson Tide, I they've got talent. I just I just think they're the better team. Simply on paper, they've got all these different guys they can hit you with. I think they're most the most balanced team with Brandon Miller, Mark Searcy, Noah Clowney leading the way. Not not happy about it, but Alabama to Arizona. I know it's boring, but getting the one and two for the South regional title. Yeah. Um I'm gonna be boring um when picking Alabama San Diego State here too. Ooh. Again, I don't like it, uh, but I, I do think turnovers are a little bit of concern for Alabama, and maybe they could come to play in this matchup, but I don't think it dooms them quite yet. So I'll go ahead and take uh, Alabama in this matchup. Um, in the bottom half, though, again, I'm going to roll with a team that I that I can't quit, that I really Man. liked preseason, that has played very, very well. Uh, ever since Kalkbrenner Kalk came back from Mono, missed a couple games with Mono and came back, and I feel like Creighton's been a different team. Give me the Creighton Blue Jays over the Arizona Wildcats. Um, so a one versus a six in my Elite Eight in the South region. And for Doug McDermott, this is his 11th tournament, and his previous 10 appearances, one Sweet 16, never made a Final Four. And uh, with Creighton, this is his eighth trip to the tournament. So was with you and I before, and I'm I'm going to be boring. I just, as much as I tried to research this, I couldn't come up with a way that Alabama shouldn't be the team in the Final Four. Not not going to be cheering for them, but for the sake of the empirical evidence, I got to go with Crimson Tide. Yeah, and this is where uh, the run kind of ends for Creighton. I'm sad to say, and like like I said, I'm not going to be cheering for it either. But like you said, the evidence points to Alabama making it out of this region. So give me Alabama to the Final Four. Are you a? Do you want to go East or Midwest? Are you a cross bracket person or a down the side bracket person? I'm a down the side bracket person. That is that is the correct answer. Yep. So we've got the team, the player of the country, probably the biggest star in men's college basketball, both literally and figuratively, Zach Eady and the Purdue Boilermakers taking on. Will be the winner of Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, I'm picking Fairleigh Dickinson in that for what it's worth. Uh, I'm on the other side. I'm on Texas Southern. Going, going with the um, sub 500 team. Yeah, and Fairleigh Dickinson really shouldn't even be in the tournament. Oh, um, they are. They are because of antiquated rules uh, <laughs> that we need to get rid of. It really should be Merrimack in this spot. Um, I probably wouldn't be taking Texas Southern if Merrimack was here. So. Yeah, um, but that's neither here nor there. I'll go ahead and advance Purdue. Uh, fun fact, Texas Southern's coach, Johnny jo- Johnny Jones, yep, in his sixth NCAA tournament. So there you go. Yeah, he's got a good, solid program there at Texas Southern. Um, either way, does it matter who's going to get run over by Purdue? No, no, I, I already am advancing Purdue in that one. Now, who they face off with, I think, is going to be really interesting. I 
I did not know much about Florida Atlantic, but John L. Davis and Elijah Martin leading the way for them. They're another one of those darlings, which really, really concerns me that everybody's falling in love with FAU as the nine. But they play Memphis, who I felt like went from not even in the tournament to an eight seed in the last couple of weeks. Penny Hardaway's team there has always been, let's bring in the top recruits we can, but they've yet to really perform as a college team. And I've picked them a couple times and been bitten. So really, mostly just out of being vindictive, I can't pick Memphis yet again. So I'm going FAU to take on Purdue. But Memphis will be chaos basketball. If you want to just watch pandemonium and unbridled creativity, watch Memphis. May not be winning basketball, but it will be entertaining. Yeah, um, and they they really took care of Houston. Although Marcus Sasser was out, they took care of Houston in the uh, tournament championship, the American championship. Um, But I love this FAU team, and man, I really feel like they did these high-quality mid-majors no favors with their first-round matchups. They all got really bad first-round matchups. We talked about Charleston getting a bad matchup. Now here's FAU with 30 wins getting a bad matchup against Memphis. I am going to go ahead and take the Memphis Tigers. And I do think Memphis will, will challenge Purdue a little bit, although I'm not going to be surprised if FAU pulls it out. Totally wouldn't mind it. Um, Just my head says Memphis is going to take care of business. And down to the Orlando portion of this regional, you mentioned the mid majors getting done dirty. Oral Roberts got shafted here. Taking on Duke, this may be my favorite game of the entire first round. Duke versus Oral Roberts, uh, ORU, look them up, 30-4, and four, had a good run a couple of years ago. Your buddy Max leading the way for them, one of the best and most unheralded players in college basketball. And then Duke, I just, I would love to pick Oral Roberts in this one, but Duke has been so hot lately. I, For a while, I didn't think they'd be anywhere near a five and making their run the way they did through the ACC tournament. <sighs> I would love to pick Oral Roberts, but I just can't go against a red hot blue devil team. Yeah. Duke is absolutely red hot. And this is where the committee should have flip flopped Duke and Virginia. In my mind, Uh, Duke should be taking on Furman and Virginia should be here at a five playing Oral Roberts. Um, But that would have been too simple. Right. Got to do what you can to bounce those mid majors. Yeah. Duke's been absolutely hot and absolutely on a roll, but this is the first game for, for coach Shire. Uh, We've got Oral Roberts who has a lot of experience, a lot of guys from that team that made a sweet 16 run. They have Connor Vanover who can, uh, and, and a couple other guys who can help them hang with some of the big guys that Duke can throw at them. I am going to go ahead and still take it. I am going to go ahead and still take Oral Roberts to yeah. beat Duke. And this is going to be a, a 12 seed upset for me here. And on the other side of that, this is where I'm going to go completely against my own better judgment. Tennessee, the four versus Louisiana, the 13. I don't really have much positive to say about Louisiana. I don't know a lot about them. I just know that Tennessee is now very, very injured. Rick Barnes teams, they're going to be gritty. They're going to get after you. They're going to play hard-nosed defense. I believe the number three scoring defense in the country, but that's season-long stats, not recent injury trouble. So just just because I think I need a 13 in there, give me Louisiana to pull the upset. Spoiler alert, I'm not taking 13 seeds this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one wins, but I'm not going to be it's going to be hard to tell what one it is if it happens. Uh, Tennessee is injured, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick against them in this spot. 
Uh, I'll go ahead and take the volunteers. And down here to our bottom four, uh, bottom eight, apologies. So we've got Kentucky taking on Providence and then K-State taking on Montana State. I'm just going with the the higher-seeded teams here, Kentucky and K-State. Calipari, kind of foreshadowing my pick here. When Calipari makes the tournament, he makes a run. He doesn't always make it, but when he does, they get hot at the right time. It's going to be them and K-State. There's two big 12 teams I've been on all year. It's K-State and TCU. TCU has lost a little bit of luster for me. But K-State, with Johnson and Noel leading the way for them, their one-two punch. Give me the Wildcats. Well, both Wildcats. How's that work? Easy enough. Uh, Calipari makes a run unless he runs into St. Peter's. (laughs) Then, uh, then he doesn't make our run. But like you said, Providence, the wheels are off a little bit. There's rumors of Ed Cooley leaving. Um, give me Kentucky in that one. And then also Kansas State. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the, the Wildcats-Wildcats matchup like you have it as well. And down to the bottom side, Michigan State and USC, which feels like it should be a lot bigger deal given the programs involved, but I feel like nobody's talk about talking about Michigan State and USC. Yeah, they did enough to get in, but I don't know that they feel threatening. I'm taking Michigan State in that one. And then Marquette, everybody loves Shaka Smart, but be very, very careful with him. Maybe you'll, this is a better point for the later rounds. I think they'll get by just because they have so much more talent than Vermont. So give me Michigan State and Marquette. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take Michigan State and Marquette, although I don't think that Marquette is a bad matchup for Vermont. I wouldn't be surprised if that game is close in some fashion um, with Marquette pulling it out in the end. But give me uh, what you have there with Marquette, Michigan State. Uh, Back to the top here. I'm sticking with the power programs. Purdue and Duke moving on to the Sweet 16 for me. You've got the trees. That's going to be tough for anybody. Not only Zach Eady, but Purdue is always tall. Matt Painter always has big, tall guys. So can you go and play in the trees against the Boilermakers? So I've got Purdue and then Duke to at least make the Sweet 16. I've got Purdue Memphis. You've got Purdue FAU. Um, The thing that concerns me with Purdue against Memphis is I do think Memphis will have an advantage in terms of guard play. Uh, A couple of freshman guards versus a couple of experienced guards in Kendrick Davis and Alex Lomax for Memphis. Um, So I do have a little bit of concern, but I think Purdue is going to pass this test. And I think things really open up for Purdue if they're able to get past this Memphis test in the second round. So give me Purdue uh, to advance. And then I've got Oral Roberts, Tennessee, and I'm going to ride the magic of Max Acemus and the guys nice. on into the Sweet 16. Um, my first double-digit seed into the Sweet 16, I believe. So Oral Roberts riding high into the Sweet 16. I, I wish I had the confidence you did. But just look at this microcosm of how many different ways we're all going to pick our brackets. There's In that group of four, we had three different teams making the second round. Yep, yep. And... It's going to be a year of a little bit of chaos where uh, things like that, the 12 seeds making it or 13 seed making it, not going to be that surprising to me. Yeah, and and I know it's a different seed number, but in the last 11 years, there has been an 11 seed that's made it nine of 11 years. So these lower seeds can make it. We've had four 12 seeds make it, two 13 seeds make it, two 15 seeds make it. So it's, yes, you're, you're going to be 
basically lean on your one through four seeds to make the sweet 16, but there's going to be a team or two that gets in there from that nine line or below. Yeah. Um, you're right. It, there, there is, and I'm not too high on any of the 11 seeds this year. And so that concerns me. Maybe I won't do that well this year in my <laughs> bracket challenges. Cause I just don't like any of the 11 seeds hardly enough to pick any of them, but I digress. For me, uh, going down here, Kentucky, K-State, I'm going with Kentucky just based on, here's my point about John Calipari. Since he got to Kentucky, he's in his 11th NCAA tournament. Uh, that's fourth most, uh, sorry, uh, fourth most Sweet 16 appearances. So 11 tournaments at Kentucky, eight or eight of those 10 previous times he made the Sweet 16. So I'm going to write that in ink, Coach Cal to the Sweet 16. After that, toss up. But Calipari to Sweet 16, that just... Good enough is gold for me. And then Michigan State and Marquette is a curious one because if there's one thing Marquette and Shaka Smart are good at, it's being disruptors and forcing turnovers. And Michigan State is very turnover prone, so that scares me a little bit. But uh, using my my little same rationales with Coach Calipari, everybody likes Shaka Smart, and I get it. Very likable guy. Had the great year at VCU. But in nine previous NCAA tournaments, one trip to the Sweet 16. So you have Coach Izzo, who peaks in March, and Shaka, who has not proven that same uh, feat quite yet. So give me give me the Izzo, so we get Kentucky-Michigan State Blue Blood matchup. Yeah, and that one time Smart made it to the Sweet 16 was also the year he made it to the Final Four. Correct. So double whammy there. Um, I'm going to fade Calipari here uh, in the spot against Kansas State. I think uh, the guard play of Kansas State with Noel, Desi Sills, really like Keontae Johnson as well, but really uh, putting a lot of faith in Marquise Noel in this kind of a matchup here. So give me Kansas State to advance to the Sweet 16. And then I do like Michigan State to pull off the upset here over the two-seed Marquette. I think uh, Tyson Walker Walker and AJ Hogard are going to control this game uh, for Michigan state. And like you said, Izzo versus Shaka smart. Give me Izzo in that scenario and put the Spartans in the sweet 16. So to make my elite eight, I just, I am all about this Purdue team. I have them making quite a bit of quite a run here. So I'm just, I'm sticking with the Boilermakers and then give me Kentucky. I think Kentucky, look at the coaching and the the names here. Purdue, Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Matt Painter, Coach Calipari, and Izzo, and John Shire, and they're the young guy. Just getting a lot of blue bloods here at the end. But I'm I'm taking Purdue and Kentucky into the Elite Eight and then give me Purdue to make the Final Four. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Purdue as well. The Magic ends for Oral Roberts here for me. I think Purdue's just a little bit too much. Um, and then give me Kansas State over Michigan right. State. So I've got Purdue, Kansas State. And then I do think that's where it ends for Kansas State for me. And I'm taking Purdue to the Final Four as well. So we both get the same Final Four team, but a little bit of a, a difference uh, beyond that. So Purdue to the Final Four. I mean, I very much would love to see K-State make the run. Uh, Jerome Tang, the first year coach there going 23 and nine in his debut season as the, the full-time head coach. I think I'd like to see bright things ahead for K-State. They're just, I think they're going to run into a tough path here in this East region. It it certainly will be tough, but, uh, I'm putting a lot of faith in 
in Noel and Keontae Johnson basically um, to get me through to the Elite Eight there, but um, I think they can do it. And we go up to the Midwest region, the one with uh, going to be a lot of heartfelt, maybe tears in this region for us. The number one seed here, the number two overall team, Houston, taking on Northern Kentucky. And joining them in Birmingham will be your Iowa Hawkeyes versus Auburn. I'm going Houston and Iowa. Not a whole lot of rationale behind it. Just Houston's the best team. And then I'll give your boy Fran, you know, some love here. Hawkeyes are really good at offense. I don't think of Fran and the Hawkeyes as being an offensive team, but he and Chris Murray are putting up points. Um, Iowa's been really good offensively the last three or four years. I believe they've been top 10, and Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency pretty much hmm. consistently um, for the past four years. So, yeah, um, Iowa's really good at offense, really bad at defense. So uh, that gives you some pause. Uh, the number for Iowa is shoot 36% from three. They're 15-1 and one when they do that. So if they do that, they're going to win. If they don't, they might lose. Um, probably going to lose. So uh, give me Iowa to shoot well against Auburn in advance. And like I said, all the one seeds are advancing. So give me Houston over Northern Kentucky. And this is more for Houston in the long run. I don't know if this means anything. But they're 11 and 0 on the road this year. So for whatever that means, you can take your game with you in the tournament. Uh, Marcus Sasser, top three player in the country this year. Maybe Zach Eady, Marcus Sasser. Is he, is he in that conversation? Top three, top five, top 10? Uh, many injuries. Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Wilson are probably the top three guys for me. Um, Sasser's somewhere right around that. Um, glad you're bringing him up. He does have a groin injury that is a little bit tricky. Sat out the championship game against Memphis. Probably going to be back for the first round game, but we'll see how he looks. But um, kind of a tricky injury that he's got there that he's going to have to deal with. So he might be playing at something less than 100%. And if they have to be without him or he's less than 100%, that that does change Houston's dynamic a little bit. And I I know you're not going to appreciate this, and Hawkeye fans are probably very well aware of the stat. But fan, uh, Fran McCaffrey, um, 12 NCAA tournament appearances. I believe that puts him in the top 10 to 15 of all the coaches currently in the field. Yep. Zero trips to the Sweet 16 in those 12 appearances. Never been the beneficiary of a first-round upset, though. Yeah. So uh, always had to play the highest-seeded team possible when he did advance. Just just so you know, (laughs) there has not been a lot of madness in in Fran's favor. In a a tournament labeled March Madness, Iowa has had no madness go their way. And I I think I probably like Auburn as a better team. I just think... uh... The the other twin, Chris Murray, I think, is going to get a little hot hand here in the first round. I'm not so sure that Auburn is the better team here. Uh, yeah, I think Auburn's a decent team, um, but they are they have skidded to the finish as well, and they're they're definitely a nine seed for a reason, and we'll uh, we'll see that reason come through in the first round game. Going up to Albany for these four teams, your 5-12 matchup, Miami versus Drake and Indiana versus Kent State. 
and I am all about this Drake team. Call it a homer pick if you want. As the 12 seed, I think they're going to get past Miami. We saw Miami with a little Cinderella run last year, making it to the Elite Eight as a double-digit team. Jim Laranega, he'll, he's one of those guys, kind of like Tony Bennett. Great year, down year. Great year, down year. But as a long culture and tenure there at Miami, I just think Drake, with Tucker DeVries leading the way, he can become one of those, not saying he's on this level, but like that John Morant where somebody becomes a March Madness star that you haven't heard of from a small school. So give me them, to uh, DeVries and Drake, to take down Miami. And then on the bottom side, I don't know a lot about Indiana. You just tell me how great Trace Jackson Davis is, so I'm taking them to beat the Flashes. Yeah, um, Drake got a really bad matchup here. All the 12s got really bad matchups, um, to be quite honest. So give me a – man, I'm going to take Drake because I do think that uh, Omir for – Miami could be out, and that could be an advantage with Brody, man in the middle, for the Drake Bulldogs. I really think this will come down to uh, Roman Penn and DJ Wilkins versus that backcourt of uh, Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong. And I think uh, the Bulldogs have the guards. So we'll talk about Tucker DeVries, yeah, but I always think that Drake's guard play with with Penn and, and Wilkins will be – quite a big uh, difference in this game as well. So I'm going to take Drake to pull the upset here. And then, like you said, Kent state really good defensive defensively. This is a little bit of a scary game for Indiana, but I'm not going to pick Kent state to upset Indiana. Fun fact: last time Indiana beat Kent state in March madness, they were playing Antonio Gates in the elite eight to go to the final four. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, but whenever Indiana beats Kent State, they go to the Final Four. I'm not saying they will this year, but when they do, they go to the Final Four. So give me uh, Indiana Drake second round matchup. And in the Greensboro quadrant here, the Iowa State Cyclones taking on Mississippi State or Pitt in the other play-in game, this 6-11 matchup. And if you, if this ends up being Iowa State, Mississippi State, uh, help you if you actually want to watch that. Some of us have to because of fandom, but that is going to be a slog of a game. Mississippi State, very defensive-minded. And Iowa State, tenacious, hard-nosed team, cannot finish offensively. So these are two teams that are going to grind you down and shut you down. So uh, And Pitt, we talked before the show, neither of us really think Pitt should be in here. This should be Oklahoma State, Rutgers, Clemson, somebody else. I'm going to pick Iowa State, but any way you slice this, I think it's going to be a low-scoring matchup. And then Xavier coming out of the other side. Uh, apologies to Kennesaw State fans. I'm not too up-to-date on the team, but I think, uh, is it is, is it Sule Baum? Is that the guy from Xavier who I really like, the the name that I always mispronounce? But they're just... Yeah, Sule Boom, yeah. That's Sule the guy Boom. you really like. But they just, they move they move the ball around, pass, shoot, score, repeat. So I'm I'm kind of falling in love with this Xavier team, but I've got Xavier and Iowa State getting through here. Yeah, I've got Xavier, Iowa State as well. Um, if it's Iowa State, Mississippi State, like you said, just go ahead and bet the under, whatever it is. Just if the if the over under is set at above one hundred, go ahead and slam <laughs> the under. Yeah, if you, if you love fundamental defensive basketball, there you go. You're gonna love that game then. Um, but give me Xavier too over Kennesaw State. I believe first time for Kennesaw State, first time. Uh, Good for them entry um, and they beat a pretty good Liberty team to do it as well. So um, yeah, give me Xavier and Iowa state matching up in the 
second round. I have I have some uh, high confidence in Liberty making an NIT run. Yeah, um, totally, totally could see it. And on the bottom here, this is where I think things get interesting. People are in love with Penn State. Jalen Pickett feels like he's been one of the sweethearts of the early March conference tournament period. But I'm taking Texas A&M, who we forget that Buzz Williams is the coach there now. I feel like they were kind of underappreciated and under-seeded here. They were leading the SEC for much of the regular season. They were right up there with Alabama for a lot of it. So I think seven's a little, little bit low for them. I'm going to take the Aggies, but people are really fawning over this Penn State team. I've heard people talking about them as a trendy Final Four team. And then Texas and Colgate with the interim coach leading them this far. And I really like this Texas team. So I'm taking both Texas teams to win. But Colgate is the best three-point shooting team in the country. So that can be dangerous. If you're in this one close late and Colgate catches fire, the Longhorns could be on their heels. I am someone that does really like this uh, Penn State team. Um, I think Texas A&M is properly seated. And maybe the SEC is a little bit overvalued uh i think penn state's definitely underseeded here they they should not be in this 10 seed spot here they they played their way into something better than that through the big 10 tournament and i love jalen pickett and i love the shooters that they've got around jalen pickett dangerous team so give me penn state to to upset texas a&m and then like you said colgate Maybe could give Texas some fits. I'm not going to pick Colgate to win. I don't think they've ever won an NCAA tournament game. And Texas has been kind of playing lights out. Um, they dismantled Kansas, absolutely crushed Kansas in the Big 12 tournament final. And I think they're on a little bit of a roll. So give me Texas. If we decided that the committee does not care about conference tournaments games, uh, I saving this argument more for the women's side and the Iowa state team. But you talk about Penn state being down at the 10. I think there's some other ones where it's like, they basically made up their mind before the conference tournament, unless somebody wins, like let's say Ohio state had won the big 10 tournament and they have to figure out where to put them. But I feel like Kansas, Houston, Bama, Purdue, these teams are already set. Like, no, no matter what UCLA or Gonzaga do, they're sticking at the seeds they're on. They don't care about um, the conference tournaments for seeding on Sunday. Pretty much once Saturday hits, like the seeding has been kind of determined, and the only thing that tournament outcomes can decide is a team that wasn't in before can be in, but they've kind of got that seed reserved in the contingency plan for a team that they don't expect to win wins, that kind of a thing. So I think things are really locked up by Saturday in terms of seeding, and Sunday can't really do much to affect that on the men's side going back to the top here i'm going to pick a team from iowa to make the sweet 16 but it's not the one you're thinking of i'm taking houston even with the potential injury to marcus sasser i believe this team has made the sweet 16 two of the last three years if not the last couple in a row here don't have the right screen in front of me i think this may be houston's finally be the team of destiny and then i'm taking drake to take down indiana i think it could be a really fun game I think Drake can maybe get under the skin and disrupt Indiana a little bit. It's going to be Houston and Drake to make the Sweet 16. Every year we see a one seed go down Uh before the first weekend is over. I'm hoping I don't curse my team by doing this (laughs) on this podcast. But I was a team that can score plenty 
And I think if Sasser is not as good to go as we think, if he's not 100%, that Houston doesn't have enough scoring punch to keep up with an Iowa team that can score in bunches. If I was able to score 80 points, this this game's going to be over. Um, and like like we said, shoot well from three, that 36% mark. If they're able to do both those things for two games in a row, which would make absolutely no sense, and that's why I'm going to pick it, I would have the Sweet 16 by beating Houston. Ooh. Um, and then give me an Iowa-Indiana Sweet 16 rematch. They'll meet for the third time this year. Iowa's won. They swept the regular season series against Indiana, but we're going to get an Iowa-Indiana rematch here in in the Sweet 16. But how much more fun would it be if you got Iowa and Drake? I would love Iowa and Drake. I can't take Drake over Indiana. I really just think Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Hood Shafino, they're, they're kind of on a mission um, to prove something. It's Trace Jackson's last ride. So go ahead and give me uh, the Hoosiers over the Bulldogs. That's not what I'll be cheering for if it materializes that way, but that's what my head tells me. Um, yeah, so Iowa, Indiana, Sweet 16. And down on the bottom side, sorry, Cyclones, I I love you, but Xavier, I think the offense is too dangerous and – they're going to lower the boom. Sorry for the bad pun. And then I'm taking Texas A&M. I, Texas A&M is going to be the team that makes me look like a genius or completely destroys my bracket. I just I feel like they've been underappreciated in the SEC this year. So give me Xavier and Texas A&M. I'm taking Xavier, and it's not because I hate Iowa State, I swear. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack Nungy, former Hawkeye, now big man for Xavier stud want to see him succeed think he will have a great ncaa tournament and i'm gonna go ahead and take jack nungy because i i support him as a former hawk so xavier to the sweet 16 and then i've got texas going on quite quite a bit of a run spoiler alert so give me texas over penn state i like penn state in the first round but i'm not one of those people that is going to pick them to the final four or anything crazy like that so um Give me uh, Texas to take care of business against Penn State. I can't really ever say I like Texas in any sport, but I am a fan of what this team has been able to do. Marcus Carr, the big star for them. I just, just a gut feeling wanting to take Texas A&M. This, think how much of the rest of the country will hate this bracket if they get Iowa, Drake, and Iowa State in their Sweet 16. I would love to see that. I, I would not be mad if my picks are wrong. And that's what we get is three Iowa teams in Kansas City for the Sweet 16. Oh, man. Would be absolutely incredible. Uh, really rooting for an Iowa-Iowa State Elite Eight would be off the charts here locally. Uh, the rest of the nation would hate it, but locally we will love it here. And as I say this, this will end up being chalk. But looking at this region, this is the one that feels to me where any way you slice it, there could be 10 teams that are in the – you know, final four of this region, even between us, I think we've got six different ones. You know, it's just, this is the bracket that feels like it could go any number of ways. It doesn't feel like it's that much of a cutoff from one to 10. Yeah. And I, I really feel like the inconsistency that we've seen from Texas and 
the Sasser injury play a big part in that thought process for me. Well, to represent the Midwest, I'm going to ride with Houston. So I've got Houston and Xavier. Again, uh, look it up, looked it up here. Kelvin Sampson has made, this is his fourth NCAA tournament since he's been the head coach at Houston. Or, sorry, this is his fifth tournament and his previous four, he made the Sweet 16 three times. So I like what Houston's doing here, keeping this team together and give me Houston to beat Xavier in the Elite Eight to make the Final Four. Yeah, Indiana's going to get their revenge on Iowa in the worst spot ever here in the Sweet 16. Um, and I'm going to hate every second of it. Or this is going to be another chapter in Indiana fans hating Iowa because we beat them in another big game. Um, but I'm, I'm taking the Hoosiers in an Iowa-Indiana Sweet 16. Uh, Hoosiers to the Elite Eight. And then I've got Texas over Xavier. And then I, I believe Texas is going to the final four. Ooh. So I've got Texas over Indiana. I like it. Don't agree, but I like it. Yep. I'm uh I'm riding high on Texas, a team that crushed Kansas and has beat Kansas twice in the in the past couple of weeks. So give me Texas. That's that's our first different final four team, but again, proving how different people view this. We've picked six of the Elite Eight, and we have two of them the same. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I can't I can't go all one seeds, so that's uh, Texas is my my two seed. I don't mean to spoil things too much, but I think I just did. Well, that's this this West region, and this is my favorite one. This is the one that I think is the most fun, and like you. I could not have all one seeds, so there's a bit of a spoiler on this one. But if you listen to our previous college basketball episodes, you know my favorite team is coming up, at least favorite team this season. But starting out in Des Moines, which, by the way, we don't try to give out too much personal information, but you are geographically close enough. You could go to Des Moines first-round games, watch Texas A&M, Penn State, Texas, Colgate, Kansas, Howard, Arkansas, and Illinois. Going to take in any of that action? I am going to be in the arena on Saturday as a volunteer. Nice. Uh, so that is going to be my way of seeing some second round action, hopefully inside of the arena on Saturday from like 10 to four. So I think I might be around for one whole game in the arena. Nice. Maybe two. I don't know. Depends on what time the games are played on, on Saturday. I don't know the Saturday game times yet here, but Hoping for uh, being in the arena for uh, Kansas-Arkansas. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. I've got Kansas and Arkansas winning. Hey, I've I've got the same thing. I've got Kansas and Arkansas. And I do not envy you guys imagining that city overrun with people from Texas and Kansas basketball fans. Yeah. Um, and A&M and Penn State. Hey, we've got the potential for two good second-round matchups, I think. I think Kansas-Arkansas. And Texas Penn State are going to be two pretty good second round matchups. Yeah, I, maybe maybe I haven't spent enough time around Penn State fans, but they feel like they'd be polite as basketball visitors. Oh yeah, I think they're just happy to have success in basketball because it, <laughs> it doesn't happen often. But, well, also getting back to the actual game on the floor, Kansas I think is going to roll over Howard, and then Arkansas over Illinois. I have no idea what to make of this Arkansas team and Eric Musselman and everything. He is just very interesting, but I've been burned so many times by Illinois trying to pick them in my 
my fandom for Kofi Coburn in that area uh, era. So just to me, Illinois kind of feels like a listless team. So I don't, yeah, I don't have really have a lot of spark of excitement for them compared to Texas with uh, Ricky Council and uh, guys there at Arkansas. So Arkansas and Arkansas, I'm with you on that. And and this is the year that Illinois will put it all together and go to the Final Four and make us look dumb. Yeah, probably. You know? um, so at, I'm not going to pick it, but could happen. And going down to the next, the 5-12, you have VCU, uh, VCU the 12 and St. Mary's the 5 and UConn at the 4 and Iona at the 13. Uh, talks about it with Mississippi State and Iowa State. If you love slow, slogging, defensive-minded basketball, go with St. Mary's. VCU, a little bit more energy, but still, those are two teams who I think are, that's going to be defense turnover central. And then UConn and Iona, UConn is the team that scares me. I have them going a little ways here. Some of the pundits I've heard say that peak UConn is the best team they've seen all year. I don't know about that. But remember, Iona's coached by Rick Pitino now, which has me a little skittish. Just they're talented, but that coaching really puts it over the top. I could see UConn making the final four. I could see them losing in the first round. They're the team that really makes me nervous. I'll take St. Mary's over VCU, but uh, St. Mary's and UConn here with very little confidence. St. Mary's and UConn with full confidence. Iona is a bit overseeded, and it's the Patino factor. Yes, UConn, peak UConn is one of the best teams in the nation. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take them to win it all. I'll just go ahead and spoil that now. But I've got them making a little bit of a run, and I feel confident about it. So give me St. Mary's and UConn. And down to Denver, your six eleven. So you've got TCU versus the. Winner of Arizona State, Nevada. Uh, either way it goes, I'm picking TCU. And then you've got Gonzaga and Grand Canyon. I have long been a Gonzaga fan, and I am all over them in this year. So I've got Gonzaga and TCU. Gonzaga is a veteran team, well-coached. Drew Timmy in his 12th season of college basketball. So I think the the offense are one of the best offenses in the country and the veteran leadership. Conversely, TCU on the other side, I think they'll stop Arizona State, who people are falling in love with Desmond Cambridge and Warren Washington leading the way for them. People are all over that team, but the excellently coached Nevada team, I think, will take them down. Uh, but TCU does not shoot the three ball. 342nd in three-point shooting, which really concerns me as a tournament team. I'm sorry, did you just say the excellently coached Nevada team? Oh, yeah. Did I miss, did I, did I miss something in there? Are you... Familiar with Steve Offord in March? (laughs) Uh, Iowa fans are. Yeah. The not excellently coached Nevada team will get crushed by uh, the other Hurley brother, Bobby Hurley, and Arizona State. Um, Although that will end right there for them. Give me TCU and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's heating up right at the right time. I like this Gonzaga team, so... Give me Gonzaga and TCU. I love Mike Miles, by the way, so can't pick against Mike Miles. I I do like you know, Mike Miles Jr., the star for them. I was curious what his status was. If if he can turn it on and be everything right as rain with him, maybe they have a chance. I just don't like a team in the tournament who can't shoot threes. And Jamie Dixon is another one of those guys who I really want to like as a coach. Went back to TCU, left Pitt to weird, no, Pitt to TCU, but that's where his heart was. He's in his 14th tournament. He's one of the, in the elite group of college coaches here for tournament appearances, just has not gotten really to that next level very often. So a little trepidation with TCU. 
Uh, but going down to the bottom here, this uh, quadrant playing in Sacramento, you've got Northwestern versus Boise State in the matchup of teams who aren't used to being here. I believe is it just the second tournament appearance for both teams? And then UCLA versus UNC Asheville. I love this UCLA, t- UCLA team. I'm all about them making the big run here. And then um, UNC Asheville, uh, I believe a guy you taught me about, Drew Pember, perhaps? You mentioned him in a previous show, and then they're sixth in total yeah. points. So UNC Asheville can fill it up, but I'm taking Northwestern and UCLA. Yeah, UNC Asheville can fill it up, and I'm also taking Northwestern and UCLA. And like I said, fade the Mountain West. <laughs> so that's why I'm against Nevada and, and Boise State here. Fade the Mountain West. Give me Northwestern and UCLA. Now, do we know how to pronounce the name of this gentleman who I would argue is one of the top 10 players in the Big Ten this year, Northwestern's big star? Boo Booey. Boo Booey. I was curious if that's how it was. Boo Booey. And Chase Adige. Nice. Those are the two names you got to remember. They're good guards, and uh, they can maybe give UCLA fits, but I'm not going to pick them against UCLA. Just going to let you know that right now. When you look at the eight teams left, I think six of these eight have legitimate chances to make runs. Um, but I'm going to start here at the top. I'm, this is my first big upset. I'm taking Arkansas to take down Kansas. Again, anything to do with Eric Musselman scares me on a basketball court. Who knows which way this Arkansas team could go. And then UConn, I just think St. Mary's is too defense reliant. I don't think they have the offense to hang with a complete team like UConn. So I've got Arkansas and UConn, but more, this is, you know, you kind of use knowledge and smart research I was looking at former champs. I, I like to base my stuff on history. I kind of found a fun pattern here with former champions. So you look at the last couple of champions. So Kansas is a question mark, but Baylor two years ago lost in this round. Virginia, kind of a weird thing. They won. Then we had the COVID year, but then the next year they lost in the first round. Villanova lost in the round of 32. North Carolina, round of 32. Villanova, round of 32. So the last five champions have not made it to the Sweet 16. You had Duke in 2016 and Louisville in 2014. That were the exceptions to the rule. UConn, next year, NIT. Kentucky, next year, NIT. 2012, UConn, round to 64 the next year. So getting back, that's that's really my only argument here against Kansas is former champs have not fared well in the ensuing season. So give me the Razorbacks and the UConn Huskies in the Sweet 16. Like your research and your methods, totally going to go against all of it. <laughs> Give me Kansas to advance over Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is just too up and down for me to trust. And I I really like UConn as well. So I'm going to go ahead and take UConn over St. Mary's, setting up a Kansas-UConn matchup, which I believe will be one of the best uh, games of the tournament pre-championship. And I do, I haven't heard much about this. I need to check back in on the Bill Self situation. If if that is lingering or hanging over them at all, it may impact the mental makeup of the he's team. Good. He's good to go. Okay. He's good to go. Um, but yeah, um, thankfully, Bill Self is okay. And going down here to the bottom side, Gonzaga and TCU, a game I'm really looking forward to, but give me the Zags and then UCLA taking these two West Coast teams to meet up here in the Sweet 16. It's going to be Gonzaga and UCLA. I still think Gonzaga should also be on that two line, and I would argue UCLA should be on the one line. But too late for that argument. Give me those two and what I think will would be the, the best matchup of the Sweet 16. 
Oh, really? I think Kansas UConn will be better than Gonzaga UCLA. Uh, <laughs> but this will probably be the best region as far as the Sweet oh, 16 yeah. goes because I'm taking uh, Gonzaga UCLA as well. And a little piece of history, uh, these teams haven't met in the tournament since uh, the Adam Morrison game. We don't talk was, about that. Uh, we don't talk about the Adam Morrison game? Uh, in the Pacific Northwest, I think people are still shedding tears Morrison style after that game. Yeah, well, hate to bring up the bad memories, but uh, just a little piece of history. But that was the last time Gonzaga and UCLA uh-huh. played in the pre-16. So that this is what concerns me is that we've got all the the top teams in this one. The rest of them, and we've been talking about this, and you absolutely should pick the tens, eleven, twelves, maybe sneak in a thirteen. We've got all these power teams in here. I guess my my lowest ranked team is Arkansas at the eight, and even even then, I've got them going down to UConn. It just feels we're picking all the power teams, which concerns me that you know, Iona or somebody's going to make a run. Hey, I have Oral Roberts and I have Iowa, but in the West. True. Uh, but in, in the West, I've got all the four power teams. Um, but I really truly believe that's who the, who's the best here. And I'm as much as it pains me to not pick Gonzaga, this is why I wish this bracket broke out because I would have UCLA and Gonzaga both in the final four if I could. I think those are two of the five best teams in the country. But I got UCLA over Gonzaga. So I've got UCLA and UConn in my Elite Eight with the Bruins making the final four. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas and UCLA um, with Kansas overcoming UCLA. So I've got three ones and a two in my final four, Um, but I've got UCLA, the Jalen Clark injury. I think that's the difference. You need him to stop guys like Jalen Wilson and uh, Grady Dick who I believe are going to roll Kansas through this region. So give me a Kansas to the final four. So to set the stage for our final four here, I have Alabama, Purdue, Houston, and UCLA. If I wrote this down correctly, you also have Alabama and Purdue, but you went Texas and Kansas. Yep. All right. And and for me, I'm looking at this. I'm like, I really went with the teams with the star players. Uh, you know, Brandon Miller, Marcus Sasser, Zach Eady, and then the combination of Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell for UCLA. Yep, and I went with uh, Miller and Eady, and then the stars of Wilson and Dick from Kansas, as well as Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter. Is that a dirty name? Yeah, we don't talk about podcast? him. We don't talk about oh, him. Sorry. Uh, Timmy Allen, I meant. Uh, yeah, talk, talk about Marcus Carr all you want. That's fine. Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Serge Jabari Rice, any I mean, anyone who's been knighted, automatic <laughs> advantage. The guy's name is Serge Jabari. Come on. Yes, Serge Jabari Rice. So they have they have a knight on their team. I feel like that's a big time advantage. So for my championship game, I went against all my better judgment, better instincts. I think I've kind of alluded to it. I think it's the team that's been building. They finally put it over the top. Houston beats Purdue for the championship. I can't pick against Alabama. I'm taking Alabama and Texas to reach the championship. Alabama gets it done. Nate Oates wins the championship. 
over uh, Rodney Terry and the miracle run um, for an interim coach. Alabama over Texas in the national championship. Yeah. That sounds like it should be a football championship, but right. it's going to be a basketball championship. And it's played in Houston. So you think that crowd would be not that it, not that it ever isn't, but you add that you know, relatively regional closeness. Yeah. And I think it would be really cool if the Houston Cougars do make it right. Having a, a home final four like that. I don't know if that's really ever happened or when the last time it was that it happened, but that that'd be really cool for Houston if they are able to make it, but it would act as a home advantage for Texas too. Well, Houston needs a home basketball team this season. They do. They sure do. <laughs> the, the, Rockets uh, the, Rockets getting, the Rockets are not getting or not anything to get excited about. So we'll jump over here to the women's bracket quick, at, uh, quick, but some other random fun facts, just some other tips. Remember, pick a couple 9 through 12 seeds to make it, especially 11. Find some 11 seeds that you really, really like. Um, some other random notes I got here. Gonzaga has made seven straight, Sweet 16. Houston has made three straight. I believe those are the two best uh, runs going. Uh, seven first-year coaches in the tournament, but do not trust those coaches to make a big run. I know there's a lot of excitement with guys like John Shire, but you look at your coaches who have been national champions the last couple of years, uh, about the last decade or so, they're all very, very experienced coaches. Uh, that may lead us to a trivia question for Andrew here, but these guys are all in 10-plus seasons, unless you look at a guy like Bill Self, who was a long-term coach, and then in his fifth year at Kansas won a championship. So be very careful how far you take new coaches and young coaches. Um, yeah, 20 coaches have made their first tournament. So, sorry, I should clarify that. Seven coaches have made the tournament in their first year at their school, but there are 20 coaches who are in their first NCAA tournament. Tom Izzo, Mark View, and Randy Bennett from uh, St. Mary's on the other end of the spectrum. Those are the longest tenured coaches currently in the tournament. Mm. Um, your, for your elite eight, you should have at least two one seeds, no more than two two seeds, at least one three seed. Um, yeah, once you get once you get below your fours, it really tapers off in your elite eight. Two five seeds, two six seeds, three sevens, two eights, two nines, two tens. Just kind of giving some historical fact on in the last decade how many teams have made the elite eight from each seeding. So a lot of different ways to cut it, as we've shown you here. We almost very rarely agreed on this. But can I interest you in yeah, a quick go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, quick quick round of trivia. Let's see, I was gonna see you want to do it based on okay, let's do it this way. Can you name the coaches the coaches in the tournament who are national champions? Bill Self. Bill Self, correct. He's one of the two two timers. Uh Scott Drew. Scott Drew, correct, with Baylor. Your your last two um, champions. Tony Bennett, Virginia. Tony Bennett's got one. Um Man, I'm just I'm just racking through all the teams that we just went through. Um, Calvin Sampson is not yet. Nope, he's not yet a, a champion. Neither is Painter. Izzo. Izzo, correct. Calipari. Calipari, correct, has one. Um, the other like guy I'm... is the other guy is a huge name, two time champion. 
Huge name, two-time champion. But may not be your gut instinct. Oh, Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, duh. I should have known that. So that's that's all of them? Those are all the former championship coaches currently in the tournament. Nice. You've also got... um, Mark, so multiple final four coaches. Mark Few has two, no championship. Bob Huggins, two, no championship. Kelvin Sampson, two final fours, no championships. Bruce Pearl, Mick Cronin, Rick Barnes, Jim Laranaga, Shaka Smart have all made the final four, but never won a championship. Yep. Okay. And there's those, again, that's what I looked at a lot. Bill Self, 18 tournaments, 11 Sweet 16s. Matt Painter, 13 appearances, six Sweet 16. So that's what I was trying to look at, you know. Uh, like Doug Doug McDermott's made the tournament seven times, one Sweet Sixteen. So, I was, so I was trying to go by like Mick Cronin. I love this UCLA team, but a lot of tournament appearances with not that many trips to the Sweet Sixteen and beyond. So, I'm, I don't know if that means anything. I think coaching means a lot when you look at college basketball for you know, current state of where these coaches are. I think so too. But also, this is a year where you can almost. I feel like at a certain point, you can almost throw all the stats, all the research out. Because we could have just complete randomness. There's, There's been so much inconsistency, even among the top teams, that, I don't know, just, I feel like we say this every year, but this year, I, I really mean it. Prepare for the unexpected this year. Yeah, and, and looking at the history, as we go further into the tournament, when I was looking at these lower seeds, we're getting more and more of... You know, there's always been the nines and tens winning, but those those thirteens, fourteens, fifteens, they're sneaking in there. St. Peter's, they can have their moment to make a run. That's getting. I think it's getting more and more common that a three seed and a fourteen seed are not that far apart. Right. So we just made all our picks, gave you all the answers. Prepare for it to blow up in all of our faces within <laughs> the next forty eight, seventy two hours. And as if blowing up one bracket's not enough, we're going to talk about the women's here. Not going to go quite as in-depth, but I want to shed light on the women's bracket here and thumb through the mountain of brackets that I printed out in front of me. I've got women's, I've got men's, I've got NIT, I've got CBI. Women's Final Four. And I will just say for this one, pick a lot more chalk than you do in the men's. They're still a little, they're tightening the gap and getting more parity, but still a little bit more on the women's side. I think the prevailing thing has been kind of the haves versus the have-nots, so... This one uh, will go a little bit quicker, but I think I'm hinting that we'll probably be picking the favorites a lot more often here. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, so starting out with the left side, Greenville Regional here, the number one overall seed, the best team in college basketball, despite what Andrew will have you believe. South Carolina Gamecocks and Aaliyah Boston, 32-0. and um, I'm just going to let you know, so my my top four here will kind of keep this manageable. I've got South Carolina taking on South Florida. Again, an 8-9 toss-up matchup with South Florida and Marquette. And then I've got Oklahoma and UCLA. Sorry, Portland Pilot fans. but So South Carolina, South Florida, Oklahoma, and UCLA advancing in that top side for me. Yep, go ahead and give me um, Marquette, but otherwise the same. And then down... Um, Apologies to everybody in the state of Iowa. I had to pick Creighton. I think uh, think Mississippi State will get past Illinois, but Iowa and Iowa State fans saw what the Creighton women did to us last year, so I think they've kind of gone from Cinderella to maybe more of a powerhouse team. 
And then I think they'll draw with Notre Dame. And then I've got Arizona and Maryland. Maryland, one of those teams, is kind of always, you know, death taxes, Maryland women's basketball being there. So Creighton, Notre Dame, Arizona, and Maryland for me. Yep. Uh, I unfortunately have to pick the same, unfortunately. Yeah, we, we never like to happily pick Creighton. Nope. Um, really don't like happily picking Maryland. Not <laughs> not a big fan of Brenda Freeze. Not a big fan. She's a, a kind of a safe pick, and I'm tipping my hand here. 17 trips to the NCAA tournament, 10 trips to the Sweet 16, and three Final Fours. So, spoiler alert on Maryland. Yep. So, to make uh, the Sweet 16 out of this regional, South Carolina, Oklahoma for me, Creighton, and Maryland. Sorry, Iowa fans. And maybe a bit of an upset to pick Creighton over Notre Dame. I believe, um, New coaching at Notre Dame, if I'm correct, a relatively new coaching staff there. Um, so I think Creighton gets the upset. So South Carolina, Oklahoma, Creighton, Maryland. South Carolina, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Maryland. Sorry, Creighton, it ends. <laughs> Notre Dame's going to get revenge for you. You've had to stew for Notre you. Dame is going to beat Creighton by 30 points in the second round, and I'm going <laughs> to love every second of it. And then for me, I have uh, your arch nemesis, South Carolina, and then Maryland. We just mentioned Brenda Freese's squad. So you've got uh, two of the most consistent coaches here with Don Staley and Brenda Freese. Uh, South Carolina and Maryland meet for a shot at the Final Four. Yep, South Carolina, Maryland for a shot at the Final Four. South Carolina is going to go to the Final Four. Yeah, we, we just take the simple road. Don't overthink it. Take the best team. Go with South Carolina. Yep, I'm taking South Carolina to the Final Four. And we go down to the Seattle, Blue Seattle, at least in the ESPN bracket that I printed off. Stanford and Tara Vanderveer, who I didn't realize had actually been, she doesn't have the national championships, but more uh, career tournament appearances than Gino Oriema, two of the, two if not the best coaches right up there with Pat Summit in women's history. So Tara Vanderveer in her 36th NCAA tournament, three ahead of Gino Oriema. Uh, she's got the one seed, so I've got Stanford and Gonzaga keeping it on the West Coast here, and then Louisville and Texas. We kind of forget how good Louisville is. They've been a solid team here for the last uh, decade or so. Those are going to be my four here, Stanford, Gonzaga, Louisville, Texas. Stanford, Gonzaga, Drake with the upset, Callman Homer, Texas. Now, we kind of forget about how good the Drake women are. After uh, Jenny Baranchek left for... The team I picked earlier, Oklahoma. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, um, that does. Uh, but is Iowa the epicenter of women's college basketball now? I mean, numbers never lie. So, I mean, we have four Division One teams, and three of them are in the tournament, and all three of them won their conference tournament. Boom. So I think we are the epicenter of women's college basketball for sure. More on that here in about a minute. So I've got Colorado and Duke winning their first round matchups out in Durham. And then I'm taking Florida State and Georgia, which feels like it should be a fantastic close matchup. That's one of those flip a coin, play each other 10 times. Each team wins five. And there they are sitting at the bottom, the two seed. Andrew will tell you they should be a one seed. I believe they finished second in some of the polls. But the Iowa Hawk guys and who Andrew will tell you is the best player in college basketball. So Colorado, Duke, Florida State, and Iowa for me. I think anyone will tell you she's the best player in college basketball. Um, but 
Give me Iowa, Florida State, Duke, Colorado. No, no shockers here. And getting on, uh, really just going with the top seeds here. I I hate to do it, but I've just got chalk going to the Sweet 16. Stanford, Texas, Duke, and Iowa. I'd like to find an upset in there somewhere. Maybe Louisville, a slight edge over Texas, but um, I'm just going one, two, three, and four for this one. Yeah, I'm calling it the same. So Stanford, Texas, Duke, Iowa, Sweet 16. And... Here's maybe I get where I'm my first upset. I'm taking Texas in this one after watching a little bit of their team play in the Big 12 tournament. So give me the Longhorns and their, uh, I believe only second year head coach here, uh, Schaefer for Texas, taking down the legend to get to the Elite Eight. And I can never pick anything for the Hawkeyes, but I have to you know, admit when they, they, Caitlin Clark, deserve their due. So give me the Hawkeyes to take on Texas in the Elite Eight. And hate to do it, but. For you, I'll pick the Hawkeyes into the Final Four. Thank you, Darren. Uh, I'm taking Iowa to the Final Four as well. Big surprise. (laughs) I know it. Uh, They'll face Stanford in the Elite Eight. Wish I had the guts to pick Texas. Hope you're right that it is Texas. Um, But, yeah, I can't bet against uh, the Iowa women as good as they are. So give me uh, Iowa to the Final Four. Going up to the other Greenville Regional. The top seed, Indiana, another one of those teams that I, uh, Terry Morin, they're uh, been around for quite a while, but I don't think about Indiana as a women's basketball school. But they take on, uh, for me, it'd be Oklahoma State. I've got Oklahoma State getting past Miami in this one. And then Washington State taking down Florida Gulf Coast and Villanova. So I've got Indiana, Okie State, Washington State, and Villanova. I'm taking Miami, so I got Indiana, Miami, Washington State, Villanova, Maddie Zegrist, fun fun player, so got to pick her. And on the bottom side, uh, Michigan, who's a team that I like more than I probably should, LSU there, who who's LSU's head coach? Everybody's favorite women's basketball coach? Oh, yeah, Cruella DeVille, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, Kim Mulkey, the soul sucker. Uh, I believe she's a national champion. Don't care. Three-time national champion. But uh, uh, sorry, I'll quit going on my anti-Kim Mulkey rant. But yeah, she is the uh, third highest winning percentage in women's college basketball amongst active coaches. I just hope she retires so she never comes close to Pat Summit, who's the actual greatest. <laughs> So Michigan and LSU for me, and then down NC State. And the really curious team for me is Utah. I have no idea where this is coming from, Utah, a team that, you know, you can think about Tennessee, UConn, Stanford, Louisville. I don't think about Utah with women's basketball, but I'll do credit to them. 25-4 and is the two seed. So I've got uh, NC State getting past Princeton, and then Utah getting past Gardner-Webb. So Michigan, LSU, NC State, and Utah for me. Yeah, same, same four for me as well. Um, so just looking up Utah a little bit here, they've had their current coach since 2015, 2016, and they're in their first NCAA tournament appearance. So they're a two seed, but I still think a bit of a Cinderella story. I uh, wish I was picking them to go farther, but keep an eye on Utah. If you want somebody new to cheer for, if you're not beholden to a UConn or you know, Duke, somebody like that, get on the Utah bandwagon more than I am. Uh, but my sweet 16 here, Indiana, Villanova, the aforementioned Michigan team I like too much, and NC State. NC State, another one of those teams that I always feel like a safe bet to make a Sweet 16 for the women. 
you picked against Kim Mulkey. Sorry. I love it. <laughs> I wish I had the guts to do what you did. I don't. Uh, Indiana, Villanova, LSU, NC State, and my Sweet 16. So Michigan, uh, current coach there, is in her fifth NCAA tournament. Made the Sweet 16 two of the last four appearances. So there's your I, incentive to get over LSU. I hope she does again. I hope my bracket is wrong and LSU gets busted up. So you've got you got Indiana, Villanova, LSU, NC State, or did you go Utah? Yep, LSU, NC State. Yep, I took NC State. And then I'm going all Big Ten in mine, Indiana and the six-seed Michigan team, and then Indiana to make the Final Four with your, uh, what's her name? Your big fan of Maddie Zegrist? I am a big fan of Maddie Zegrist, um, but I'm taking Indiana as well to the Final Four, but they're going to play LSU to get there. Uh, that hurt your soul a little bit? It does on multiple fronts because I'm not really the biggest fan of Indiana either. <laughs> then down to the bottom one, kind of like Utah, Virginia Tech is a team that people have really been hyped in team like, oh, wait, what? Virginia Tech? Where did that come from? Uh, so props to them for earning the number one seed. They're, uh, Kenny Brooks, the head coach there, took over in 2016. Only his second tournament appearance with the Hokies. Uh, never advanced, uh, I believe, past the first round. Could be wrong there, but uh, only his, only the second tournament appearance, getting the one seed. So props to them. I've got South Dakota State taking down USC in the first round. And then your Big 12 tournament champions, Iowa State, with if you want to have Caitlin Clark be number one and Aaliyah Boston be number two, Ashley Jones is the third best player in women's basketball. Uh, so I've got Iowa State and Tennessee. So Virginia Tech, South Dakota State, Iowa State, and Tennessee. Um, I would like to amend that and argue that Ashley Jones is actually better than Aaliyah Boston. Don't tell ESPN. I would also wager that there's a few others who are better than Aaliyah Boston, like Angel Reese, Aaliyah Edwards, Monica Sonano. There's there's more players that are better than Aaliyah Boston. I forgot about um, Angel Reese when I picked against LSU. Yeah, I, that's why I couldn't pick against LSU. I do like Angel Reese, even if I don't like her coach. <laughs> but uh, give me Virginia Tech, USC, Iowa State, um, and Tennessee to advance. I was in a group chat with somebody over the weekend watching the Big 12 title game, and their argument was Ashley Jones scores a lot of points because she takes a lot of shots. And that, that was, pure, it was, like it was the, purely a volume factor. That sounds like the dumb arguments that I hear about Caitlin Clark. Uh, go back to that person and tell them that she takes a lot of shots because she's the best player on the team by far and away, <laughs> and uh, they're better off for it. Would Iowa State be better off if Ashley Jones took less shots? No, absolutely not. Uh, and then the bottom side there, North Carolina. I think I have Purdue winning the – I think they're going to win the play-in game. So North Carolina and Ohio State. And then Alabama, a little slight upset taking down Baylor. And then, I mean, I'm not picking against UConn in a women's bracket. So UNC, Ohio State, Alabama, and UConn. Yeah, um, I've got North I've got North Carolina, Ohio State, Baylor, and UConn. You can pick Baylor now that they have new coaches? Yes. Safe. Safe to cheer for Baylor women's basketball. I'm trying to find out. 
Is it Aaliyah Edwards that I'm thinking of? Yeah, yep, it's Aaliyah Edwards. Edwards with UConn, yep. I started watching one of those games because they don't have – Paige Becker is still out, correct? Correct. And I'm not sure if um, – oh, I'm going to butcher her name. Azzy Fudd is back or not? It does. I'm not – trying to look at some of their stats. It doesn't look like she's been doing a lot lately. Well, if she is somehow, then that really takes UConn to another level. But even without her, I think UConn's still pretty darn good. So I'm just – Iowa didn't get a one seed, but they avoided South Carolina or UConn pre-Final Four. Right. So it it works out for them Yeah, in my my mind. And I did not know a whole lot about Aaliyah Edwards. I started watching UConn to get prepped for the tournament and know a little bit more about all these teams. And I was like, who is this person? She was going all out – which is a six three big playing the way she does, kind of reckless all over the place, but in a good way, just taking control of the floor. And she instantly became my favorite player, not named Ashley Jones. Yeah, she's a she's a fun watch for sure. So she's going to lead UConn far. So making it to the Sweet Sixteen, I've got the Hokies. I like that underdog story for Virginia Tech and Iowa State. Got to pick Iowa State at least this far, and then going with the Blue Bloods, North Carolina, and the aforementioned UConn Huskies. Yep, I'm taking the Hokies and the Cyclones as well. Um, and I'll take Ohio State and UConn. So I think we got the same Sweet 16 there. And then down to the Elite Eight, I think Iowa State gets to the uh, round of eight here, but they take on the UConn buzzsaw. I just, as much as I would like to, I'm not going to pick against Gino Oriyama in the tournament. So props to the Cyclones. I think they get to the round of eight, and that's where it ends, and UConn moves to the Final Four. Yeah, I've got Iowa State in the Elite Eight as well. Um, actually changing my bracket challenge as we do this. So uh, give me Iowa State in the Elite Eight against UConn, but I'm not picking against UConn either. Um, although I'd, I wouldn't mind if it happened. Right. I'm not I'm not going to pick it. UConn uh, against Indiana in the Final Four. So I've got two ones in South Carolina and Indiana and two two-seeds in Iowa and UConn. Yep. And I know you're not going to appreciate this, but my championship game, I've got South Carolina versus UConn. And then I've got South Carolina going back to back, really just for the sake of the back to back storyline and it not being UConn. So give me the Gamecocks to win the whole thing in Dallas. And I've got the all big 10 final and a rematch of a classic game in Iowa city, Iowa, Indiana for the championship. Caitlin Clark breaks the hearts of Indiana fans all over again. Wow. Uh, a last second shot to win the national championship as the Hawkeyes take it home. I wonder, I gen- genuinely have no idea what the answer is to this. When the last time Iowa won a national championship in not wrestling? Um, they may have like some golf championship. I have no idea, but. Um. Are you talking men's, women's basketball, and football? Just like any any D one talking major scholarship talking sport. Major sport. Any any D one scholarship sport they have. Yeah, um, I believe the tr- well, the field hockey team's been pretty good. The women's field hockey team has had oh. a couple of good years. Random. Uh, um, and I think the track and field team has had a couple of good years too. You feel like so, you would need you feel like you would need not snow to play a lot of field hockey. 
yeah, but we have a good indoor facility around here, I believe, that they practice in. So I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But, um, yeah, so good question. But this would be huge. And, no, it's probably not what actually is going to materialize. I know South Carolina is probably going to win it, but I'm not going to pick it because screw South Carolina. <laughs> Hawks all the way. And it, I think it'll be a fun women's bracket here. Gets kicked off, I believe, Friday. So uh, Saturday, Sunday as well. Uh, our couple playing games here, wet your whistle for the women's side. And there's so much basketball, men's bracket, women's bracket. We mentioned the NIT, the CBI, the CIT, who knows how many little tournaments there are by now. Uh, for the women's side, uh, give you some tips here. We mentioned a lot of these schools, but if you're looking to at least pick through your Sweet 16, UConn, Stanford, LSU, Louisville, Maryland, South Carolina, Texas, NC State, Ohio State, uh, some of the familiar teams to maybe keep an eye on. Um, it's not a fun fact for us. Um, you mentioned Iowa and Iowa State. So Bill Fennelly and Lisa Bluter, the respective coaches. Bill Fennelly, this is his 23rd tournament, only three Sweet 16s. Lisa Bluter, oh. 20 tournaments, only three Sweet 16s as well. Um, I like the first number. I need to get that second number a little better. Yeah, and we'll go up one um, for each this year. And For sure. Uh, maybe this is a harder trivia challenge. I don't know. I think we've mentioned a lot of the names, but there are also six women's coaches. Uh, sorry, six active women's coaches who have made, who have won a national championship. I believe five of them are in the tournament. So if you can give me the five of the six that are in the tournament. Well, it's Gino and Kim. Yep. Got those two. Uh, and then is it Brenda Freeze? Brenda Freeze has one. And Tara Vanderveer. Tara Vanderveer has three. And, um, oh, this fifth one is gonna, it's gonna annoy me because I should know. Um, it should be the most recent one. Oh, is it, is it South Carolina? It Last is. Last year, Don Staley. Don Staley, two time champion. Yeah. So Gino okay. has 11, Kim Mulkey and Tara Vanderveer have three. Uh, Don Staley has two, and Brenda Fries has one. And then Gary Blair down at Texas A&M has been there since 2003, has a national championship, but uh, not a tournament year for them. Ooh, I never would have got Gary Blair. Not, not, not in a million years. That's so. what I, was, <laughs> I was trying to think. When did Texas – they won it in 2011. I don't know how they snuck in in the middle of – because I was like Pat Summit and Gino peak era 2011, I feel like. Right, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, I would never have – that's a great piece of trivia is if you know Gary Blair's name, I I would never know that. Because Oriema won it in 9, 10, 13, 14, 15, 16. Gotcha. Well, Bluter's going to go back to back so we can put her name up there. Caitlin Clark cannot have eligibility left, can she? Uh, mm, she can play two more years if what? she wants. I'm yep. Just, I could have swore she was a senior and was done this year. Nope, she's a junior, um, and she gets a COVID year if she wants it. Jeez. Which the word is that she's leaning towards taking it. So I mean, five years of Caitlin Clark. I mean, and I don't know this for a fact, but given NIL, she may make just as much sticking it out at Iowa for another year. I assume some, I assume people are paying her. No, that's 100% why she's going to stick it out is because she will make more money. Huh. Staying in college at Iowa than going to the WNBA. That tells you anything. 
<laughs> now I'm down a rabbit hole on this Texas A&M team because Gino won it in nine and 10 and Kim Mulkey won it in 2012, which had to be a Brittany Griner year. Yep. I'm trying to figure out how the heck Texas A&M beat. Cause that, so, um, 2012 Baylor team had Brittany Griner and Odyssey Sims who are both WNBA stars and somehow Texas A&M beat them. The power of teamwork. I had to be. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to get to? I know we've got NBA free agents or NFL free agency going on NBA season. MLB is getting started. NHL is coming to the close. I believe there's a big UFC fight this weekend. We haven't even gotten to yet. But. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. Edwards Usman 3. I think that's really the biggest event going on this weekend outside of uh, college basketball. Man, I'm trying to decide. Do I like I could go to a bar and watch that, but I feel like it's going to be a lot of basketball fans. And I, man, do I want to watch basketball or UFC that night? Uh, a bit of both, right? Um, and also, just point of order with that, like it's a mid afternoon thing because of it being in London. Oh, yeah. Nice. So. So, You're going to be middle of the day on Saturday during 2 p.m. on the West Coast. Round, second round action of the NCAA tournament going on while UFC is going on. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch that one because of where I'll be on that day, but I'm sure it'll be a great fight. Um, So to lay out the card here, Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. Uh, Usman, the minus 230 favorite. So even though Edwards is the champion, people are picking Usman, and I completely get that. I'll pick him as well to get his belt back. Lightweight belt, the undercard. Justin Gaethje is the underdog against uh, Rafael, uh, Rafael Fiziev. Um, I, Gaethje, a plus 195. I really like those odds. Give those. I'm taking that all day to get him in the upset. Gunnar Nelson and Brian Barbarena should at least be a chaotic wild man fight. So if you just want action... Uh, I like that one, but I like Nelson, the big underdog there. Uh, Jennifer Maya back on the card. Marvin Vittori. I'm trying to see some of the other bigger names that are on this one. Really, those those top two, and then if you want to throw in Barbarina and Gunnar Nelson just for fun, but Gaethje and Usman are my bets on that one. I'm with you on those two. I think Usman gets his revenge on Edwards. It was a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a fluke, but, you know, Edwards knocked him out in one of the late rounds when Usman was dominating the fight. Um, but that's all it takes, right? Just getting that one shot. But it was, it was I a think, beautiful I think Hail Mary was, kick. Yeah, I think I think Usman is going to, much like he did the last time, really control the fight, take it the distance, win it by decision. So give me Usman. Getting back to this Texas A&M thing, they had four players. I'm not all that familiar with any of them. Looks like Danielle Adams and Sydney Colson were the big stars, two WNBA players. Sydney Carter and Adora Alanu, also uh, WNBA players. And like you say, just team ball. A lot of people contributed in different ways and somehow snuck in there. Beats. They did beat Baylor in the regional final and then beat Stanford in the championship game. Very impressive. So, yeah, that's that's interesting, but... Good for them. Uh, Stanford had the Awumike sisters that year. Man, you're bringing up some nostalgia with all these names you're throwing out. How did people look up sports before insert sport reference website? They didn't. They just remembered <laughs> it. 
Or they went to like the library and got out like yeah. sports almanacs or something. Newspaper clippings. Yeah, almanacs used to be a thing, but that's what sports reference is basically now. It's my it's that is my that and Wikipedia. I just sit there and click on different pages and it was it was oral history. It was just grandparents <laughs> talking about sports to their grandkids that, that passed it on before sports reference came along. How they learned about Christian Leitner. Yeah. They had to sit around the just, fire telling stories. It was just stories. I actually um one of my mom's friends was actually in the building for that Leitner shot. Nice. Yeah. Was she cheering for or against him? She was she was cheering for uh Leitner big duke fan so that's that's an interesting piece of history that's really just an interesting question what's the what's the biggest sports moment that you've seen live oh man i as much as i watch on tv i haven't been to that many things live um the first thing that comes to mind which probably doesn't matter for 99 percent of the sports population but it was iowa state beating oklahoma state and knocking oklahoma state out of the national title game which was cool yeah. to be a part of because the stadium atmosphere, but it also led to Alabama playing LSU in the national title game. So we kind of collectively need to apologize to the sports world for that one. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm guessing it's probably Iowa State related for you. It's it's Iowa related for me, um, and it's football related too. It's when we beat Michigan to keep Michigan out in 2016 and stormed the field. Um, I was part of the field storming. I don't know if you nice. were, but yeah, we did. I I don't think I can get in trouble for that. I think the statute of limitations <laughs> on the on the field storming has uh, run out or whatever. So uh, that or 2017 beating Ohio State thoroughly late in the year too. Um, or recently, I was in the building for that Caitlin Clark shot against. Indiana. So I've got three really good ones that stick out in my mind. Yeah. And depending how but, uh, depending on uh, how the Iowa season sa- shakes out, that Caitlin Clark one could get bigger in retrospect. Right. That's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. So yeah, I'm uh, keeping an eye on ESPN here to see when uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets news pops up as they're signing all these Packers players. You know, it's going to be really funny when. Uh, Rogers says, Hey, I'm a Packer for life. I'm staying. And they went and got all these, all these guys for him. I think that would be the funniest outcome of this whole thing is Rogers gives the jets front office, a list of guys he wants and then doesn't come. He just used it to clear out all the guys. So the Packers have to draft wide receivers because their entire receiving core is now with the jets. Well, that's not true. We've got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Two, two guys who are going to be Christian Watson is a stud. So I think we're all right. I think we're all right there. We have our first official March Madness winner, Texas A&M Corpus Christi holds on for the win and Mississippi state and Pittsburgh uh, just getting started in the first half here. They've already given up 13 points. I don't know what Mississippi state is doing. Yeah. They have not come to play defense tonight. They so. might give up 30 by half. That is unlike them so um it'll slow down here in a minute they're just feeling them out right yeah they're just feeling them out then they're gonna grind it out and win give up 12 points in the second half yeah but give only score 10 points on the game so yep. 
well, a super long show this week, but a lot to get to. We both nerded out researching for March Madness. We wanted to fit all that in there and hopefully give you some useful tips and factoids and tricks to help you win win your pool or just win some bragging rights. We will we'll be back here week in, week out to update March Madness. And as chaotic as it seems, 68 teams and there'll only be 16 by the time we're back together next week. So enjoy March Madness weekend. Get all the basketball you can. UFC, baseball, hockey, whatever you're into, there's something for you. March sports calendar is always fantastic. So we thank you all for joining us and we will see you, we will see you next week for episode 97. 